Uh, let's welcome our featured speaker today, Brother Johan, uh, who a lot of us may have known and have seen on TV many times, as well as watch his story on the Die drama. So, Brother Johan, hello. Hello. Hi, everyone. So happy to be here with you. It's so great to see all my friends that are here. And yeah, it's really wonderful to, to be on these study groups every every month and I'm very happy to be the, the guest speaker this month. So I would like to start with a couple of uh, snapshots. So the first snapshot is from Hawaii in 2010. In Hawaii, uh, in Haiti, sorry, Haiti in 2010. In Haiti, I saw, just looking into the people's eyes, I could see so much hunger, so much fear, but I also saw how when the Suji volunteers came there, how these people were calm and inspired and empowered through their interactions with the volunteers. And this really, I really felt and experienced what Master talks about witnessing suffering and realizing our blessings. That was my first snapshot. Second snapshot at the abode in 2013. I was working on copy editing of Dharma's Water or uh, The Water Repentance. Volume three. I had recently moved to the abode after losing my wife, Grace, to cancer. And I found both distraction and comfort in the work. I was especially struck by the concept of repenting, not only for the things that we know we have done wrong, but actually for all the things that we may have done wrong in previous lives. So in this book, it lists like so many things that we might have done wrong in previous lives that people have done throughout history, including robbery, murder, even things like invading other countries or committing genocide. I mean, all of these things are in that book. And it asks us to repent for each and every one of these actions that we might have committed in the past. And at first, this was really strange to me, but then I felt a sense of comfort in this. Because on one hand, we can't know our past karma, but we can still repent for the things that we might have done in the past and purify ourselves of those things to change our karma in this life. So, so what I um, kind of drew from this was that when bad things happen to us, like at that time, I mean, the recent passing of my wife, on one hand, it's not like our fault because it's not that we actually did something that made us made, made this happen to us. But at the same time, it's also not someone else's fault because it is the result of things that we did in our past lives. So this whole way of thinking actually gave me a sense of comfort. And I felt that I could assume full ownership of what happened, what had happened. Uh, and through doing that, it also meant that I can continue to build for the future by having that mindset of repentance and also a mindset of good thoughts, good words, and good actions. Okay, snapshot three. Toward the end of 2013, I meet with Brother Calvin Shi and Sister Diana Mu at a restaurant near San Dimas in Los, uh, Los Angeles, California. Brother Calvin at that time, he already had final stage cancer, but 
he didn't let it show. So they were asking me to come to US headquarters and work with them in the spiritual care and training department. When I get to, to the US to start working as a full-time volunteer in early 2014, Brother Calvin had already passed away. Um, and instead, I started working with Sister Stephanie and the DAW team also on training aspects, because at that time, they were put in charge of the English spiritual training at CGUSA. That was the start of an incredible journey. Uh, the years that followed were so eventful and exciting and full of learning and full of lessons. And I got to learn so much by working together with this amazing group of people. So one of the things that we did was a series of annual English retreats with the first one starting that year in 2014. We also worked on the curriculum for the annual national teaching camp. And when we did this, I mean, we wouldn't just be doing the work ourselves, but we would always work together with groups of volunteers, uh, especially for the teaching camps. It was these young volunteers who were still teaching, still in college. And get that opportunity to on one hand learn from them, but also, also to get to pass on some of our experience and, and our understanding to them. Uh, then in 2015, I traveled with Sister Stephanie and Brother Alex around the US to introduce our English language new volunteer orientation, uh, the gratitude, respect, and love training to the local training teams around the US. Then in 2016, starting in 2016, uh, I went with Brother Kelvin Chen and the Las Vegas volunteers to the jail in Las Vegas to hold Jinx aphorism study groups with the inmates. And through all of these different training projects, I could really see the profound impact that Master's Dharma and the Tsuji spirits could have or can have not only on people of Chinese heritage, but also on people from the Western mainstream culture. So the mission of the DAW team has always been to bring Master's Dharma to the non-Chinese, to non-Chinese speakers. And so apart from the training work, of course, the majority of our time is actually put into translation. So currently there are already 65 books, English books by Master, including children's books, as you can see uh, at the top left and top right on this slide, and even a couple of comic books. But the majority of the books, of course, are for an adult audience, including books on sutras or the compilations of teachings that cover different, uh, different styles of teaching, short or longer, and also different topics of teaching. And Apart from the books, we have also translated over 2,300 episodes of Master's Wisdom at Dawn lectures. So that includes both the Water Repentance series and the Lotus Sutra series of course. And these are all on YouTube with English subtitles. And there are also 350 episodes of Essence of the Bodhi Mind with English subtitles. These are topical uh, um, programs where they have compiled different teachings from Master different sources on uh, different topics, one topic for each of these programs. So there is actually a lot of material available now for English speakers on CG. 
and it's so much to such a big extent thanks to the to the Dharma Authority team. So in 2016, I moved to to Hawaii to work with Sister Stephanie and the team there uh, in person on the Hot Loaded Life program, which is a nursing home visitation training. So apart from training volunteers, we also hold training for the nursing home staff of uh, the Palolo Chinese home in Hawaii on the spirit of Tiji. This training turns out to be very appreciated. And actually the director of the nursing home, she kept telling us how big a difference this training made both for the quality of care that the seniors received and also for the workplace satisfaction for the staff. So throughout all these training programs, this is Stephanie and the team, the principal has always been to keep passing on the experience to more people. So we always, want, I mean, once we have tried out a training program ourselves and we figured out a system that works, then we always try to train the trainers whenever it's possible so that other people can continue the work and this can be spread and, uh, and can really reach more people. Because the, the goal is really to, to reach as many people as possible with this amazing philosophy and these amazing practices that CG has and that Master is giving us. So for this Hot Lotus Life program training, apart from training nursing home staff, we're also bringing volunteers to do care visits. And uh, it's usually not in group, big group visits, but individual visits at each, each room of the, of the nursing home. And at the beginning, back in 2016, when I first started going, I was feeling so uncomfortable. I had no experience like talking to people that were toward the end of their life. They were really sick. Some I mean, would not be able to communicate. Some might just be like very random in their emotions, maybe from the angry or, I mean, it was just, it was a very, uh, I, I didn't feel comfortable at all in the beginning, but going there week after week together with Sister Tiffany and Brother Alex and the other volunteers, uh, after a period of time, I started to feel more and more at ease. And I started to really enjoy these visits. And after a time, I started to really look forward to going to visit my friends at the nursing home, these seniors, who many of them really appreciate our visits. And some, they might not give any like sign that they even know that we're there, but somehow just being there made us feel that we were making a difference to them. So throughout this time, actually for several years, I think starting already in 2015 or 2016, Stephanie kept talking about how she thought I should do clinical pastoral education training. So this is also called chaplaincy training for hospital chaplains. But it was only in 2019, after three years of these nursing home visits, that I finally felt ready to register for a unit of CPE, as we called. Uh, so this is full-time training. So we actually spend uh, five days a week at the hospital and then one afternoon and one morning each week is kind of class time. So it's very much on the job type of training and based on getting experiences with really trying and, and talking to the people and, and, and being there for the people at the hospital. So this training was very intense and extremely fruitful. And many of the meetings and the interactions 
that I had during that training will definitely stay with me throughout the life. Now, I'd like to give a couple of examples. So there was one man uh, who was in his 50s or maybe early 60s who had a very painful urological disorder. So every time he needed to go to the bathroom, it was like exceptional torture every time. And they weren't able to figure out what the problem was. So it was still undiagnosed at the time I went. And I mean, despite his situation, he appreciated the visit so much. And, and I mean, every time I visited, we would pray together. Just I would hold his hand and his wife's hand, and they would hold each other's hands. So we would stand in the little ring, the three of us, and we would just pray together. And I could tell what a relief it was for him and, and how, how empowered he was by these little sessions. And I mean, he, how he, he really started to feel again like a friend there, even though it's only for a short time, just for, for a couple of weeks or so. And there was one man who was around my own age, a young man who had final stage cancer. And this man had a very complicated relationship to his family. He had a very complicated life history and also a complicated relationship to his faith. His family was Catholic. But over time, during the weeks that I got to visit him, he started to kind of settle down, accept where he was, that he was towards the end of his life, and, and come together with his family. So when he finally passed away, he was surrounded by his family. It was very tranquil, very beautiful. And, and I think it really gave a closure to his life very dignified closure to his life. Another case was a young woman whose hands and feet, they looked like they were charred. They were completely black. It looked like she had just had them in a fire and they were completely charred. It was so terrible to see. I mean, when I went in there, I got this physical reaction from just seeing her hands and feet. But somehow when I talked to her, she was so positive. I mean, she kept talking about the things she had left. She kept talking about in her husband and the children. She talked about her children were very young, by the way, uh, I think just a few years old. And I mean, she would never be able to walk. She would never be able to hold something in her hands again. <clears throat> but somehow she kept talking about the, the good things that she still had. And, and Instead of focusing on what she had lost, she really, she said that because there was there's no way to change what happened. So she would just look forward and focus on how she can do the most of her life. So these are just a few examples. There are so many examples of the people that I met during these 11 weeks. So after that, um, gaining some confidence from these experiences, uh, together with Sister Stephanie and uh, under her mentorship, uh, we started working together with a group of amazing volunteers, young volunteers in the U.S., on a series of workshops on spiritual care for OCD volunteers. And after this workshop, there was a six-week workshop, two hours per week. The feedback was very positive, and especially encouraging was that over half of the attendees from this first series of workshops actually came back for a second series of workshops that we held in spring, so about half a year later. So, so that really gave us a lot of confidence 
as well. So now in one week from today, actually, um, next Sunday, we are starting the second round of these three Tokyo workshops. And we have, I think, 77 attendees from around the US and even some people that are from international, international participants. In parallel with this spiritual care work, uh, spiritual care workshop, we're also working on the first step toward a chaplaincy program. Uh, could you just change the next slide, please? Uh, for to the USA. So it's a seven month program that will be launched in April of 2022. And during this program, we'll train the first group of Suji community and local disaster chaplains. So in the future, this program will be open for all certified Suji volunteers in the US. And the group of volunteers that are working with us on this chaplaincy program, it includes senior volunteers, and uh, next slide please, uh, teachers, psychologists, and people with spiritual care and chaplaincy experience. And we also have some advisors, including uh, the Dharma Master, Dharma Master Chan, and uh, professional chaplains who are helping adv to advise us on this program. So throughout this time of all this work, uh, can you go back to this? Uh, what has always been the driving aspiration for me is a wish to give other people the opportunity to gain the same kind of experience that I have, the, these really life-changing experiences. I mean, for me, it was, it was Haiti, uh, Philippines, disaster relief, but also meeting people in the nursing home, um, and talking to people at, at free clinics, and also I mean, the opportunity to study the Dharma, to really work with the Dharma, learn the Dharma from Master. So I really believe that this is the way to bring peace and spiritual wealth to both the US and to the world as a whole. And I'm extremely grateful to Sister Stephanie, to Sister Wendy, Brother King, Brother Alex, and all the DW staff and volunteers for their mentorship, their accompaniment on this amazing journey. And I've learned so much. I've learned so much throughout this year. And of course, I feel that I still have so much to learn. But at this time, um, because it's in condition, are mature for me to take a next step in my journey. I can change the slide. So in January, I will transition to the Global Partnerships Affairs Department at the CEO office at the abode. So this is the Global Charity, uh, Charity Foundation. So in this new position, I'm hoping to be able to continue to share the Dharma and Siji spirit with even more people uh, through the work with NGOs, uh, universities, with the United Nations, and also with government organizations around the world. So I'm extremely grateful for the support and companionship from all of you throughout these years. And I really hope that we can all continue to work together also in the future. Um, there will definitely be a lot of challenges, but with all of your support, I know this will be a journey that will be filled with joy and filled with happiness. Thank you so much, everyone. Really appreciate everyone's support and the compliments. Thank you. 
Thank you, Brother Johan, for your sharing. And, and, and it's kind of hard to believe that this has only been about, about 10 years, but your, your uh, experience has, has grown and, and changed in so many ways. Um, and it's, I think this could be true for everyone as well, as, as, as they uh, volunteer and experience in city. Um, it opens doors for them, for them to experience and walk into the lives of other people, and as well as to make that connection and to feel from their experiences uh, what, what the Dharma, what, what Buddhism is trying to teach all of us. So thank you for your sharing. Now we got a bit of time, so I'd like to open up for just a live Q&A. Uh, first of all, if anyone have any questions you'd like to ask Brother Johan while he's still here, uh, feel free to type it in the chat. But I would like to ask uh, you, a, first of all, your question. Uh, so I know there are so many different changes uh, that you experience, like in Haiti or with, with uh, your wife Grace passing away. Um, was there any moment you ever questioned why you, you are here? Like, why, why are you in that position? What, what do you mean by why you're here? Sorry, maybe you can expand a little bit. Yeah, so as, as, have you ever questioned as to like, why is this happening to, why is this happening to me? Why, why am I here in Haiti in a country that uh, I have you know, no connection with? Uh, why am I doing all these things? Have you ever, ever questioned your purpose? Oh, that's a very interesting question. I think somehow, it's just something about this journey. It's just been so like natural for me. I mean, when I first was introduced to Siji, it was like very gradual. And coming to Haiti, I mean, it was shocking. It was inspiring. But it felt like the right place for me to be at that time. And uh, it feels like every step of the way, it's just felt like the right place. Like I have been, I don't know, like I have been just led by, led by life to the place where I am. It's, yeah, yeah, thank you for that question. It's, I, I, I never really, I never really asked myself that. It just feels like these are my causes and conditions. Awesome, thank you. And it seems like you have accepted your position, accepted what has happened with an open mind. You're pretty much just going along with the flow. Um, I imagine like a stream, you know, it, there could be falls, there could be rocks, there could be ripples, but either way, it just brings you naturally to its destination, to where, we, where you are and where you're going in the future. Um, but it's definitely great to be able to keep like a positive attitude um, and to view each of the challenges, each of the things that happen as an opportunity for you to exercise your compassion, your love, and to use that as you know, nutrients for you to grow. So thank you for your, thank you for your, for your uh, sharing, your, your answer. Thank you. Now at the moment, do you have any, anything like, uh, like to tell our, our viewers or those who are watching us on Facebook, like, um, what are some motivations you'd like to, you'd like to uh, share with them? I think Brother Leon has raised his hand. Maybe he has a question. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. If I can inject a, a question that uh, 
uh, just like what uh, Jack uh, just said that uh, um, from your journey, can you give us uh, especially some um, someone new to Zuchi, uh, some perspective that you learn or some advice, uh, something that uh, that you, you learn over the years. Uh, so can, can you share something? Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Brother Leon, and thank you, Brother Jack. I think, I think something I would like to really to really recommend to someone who is new to CGs would be to take, to keep an open mind and just experience the journey. I think it's good to ask many questions and you should always ask whatever questions that you might have. But at the same time, I think the answer is not so much in whatever a person tells you, it's more in the feeling and the experience that you have yourself. So I think we can, I mean, we can feel, we can feel the suffering of the people that we're helping. And I think we can really feel the compassion and the love of the volunteers that are, are there for them. So, so I think if we just like accept, kind of accept the process with an open mind and go through it and then reflect back, and think, I mean, is there anything that's, that I'm still not clear on? I mean, anything that I feel that I want to have explained, then, then ask questions. But, but going into it to really have that open mind and that open heart. I, I, think, I think that's, that's the, the, big, like, the big recommendation that I would give to people who are new to CG. And maybe, maybe especially people who might feel culturally or, or um, also like less, less immediately um, as a natural part of the organization. Thank you so much. This is so precious. Thank you, Brother Leon. Thank you, Brother Leon, for asking the question. Uh, anyone else who has a question that I'd like to ask? So Brother Jack, you did ask me about motivations. And I think, I think watching and reading Master's teachings on a daily basis has really been a great, a very important part of my journey. Of course, as I mean, when I'm working with actual translating, translation of the teachings, I mean, then I really have to think about what, what Master is saying and what the meaning is. And I think that's really helpful. But even if we just like watch a video to maybe like pause now and then and, and think about what it was that Master just said and, and what kind of meaning it has for our minds. Because, I mean, for, for our own lives and our everyday living. Because there's just so much wisdom in there. And almost every, whether it's every book chapter or it's every, every episode of, of Wisdom at Dawn, I mean, there's always something that just resonates with maybe it's an issue or maybe it's just a reminder that we need at that particular point in time. So, so I, I can really recommend to just take, even if it's just 10 minutes or 15 minutes, to, to watch like a 
part of an of an essence of the body mind episode or a wisdom of dawn episode or even the the 12 minute um, uh, life wisdom episode um, and just just think a little bit about what what this has to do with our own life it's it really helps to kind of keep to me it's helped to keep my mind i think get get really get rid of some afflictions and and some trouble and kind of put everything in perspective thank you thank you brother Johan, for this for that um i think part of your your job at, uh, at translating and really gives you the opportunity to kind of to uh, to think about the meaning of what just said because you need to translate it and 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 you know portray it in a different in a different language, and I think that that's something a lot of the native speakers uh, who may have taken that for granted a lot a lot of times when I when I'm watching the videos the words flows into my mind and then flows out the other ear, um, and it it really takes time to. To, to settle down, to think about what Master just said, and then contemplate on how that applies to my, to my situation, my life, reflect upon it. Then you start to absorb the, the Dharma that's in each of the word. So I, I think it's a really great suggestion for us to, to, to recharge uh, and then to watch the videos and to, to think about what does this have to do with me? So. Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. So thank you, Brother Johan, for your sharing.